Welcome to the Agronomy and Farm Management Podcast. I'm Amanda. And I'm Elizabeth. Thanks for joining us today. Welcome back to the Agronomy and Farm Management Podcast. Today we've got with us Diane Shoemaker. She is an OSU Extension Field Specialist and she is also the leader of the Ohio Farm Business Analysis Program. And then also with us, we've got Clint Schrader, and he's one of five technicians for the Farm Business Analysis Program, and he's located in Defiance County. So we're excited to have you guys here today. Welcome. Thanks. We're glad to be here with you. All right. So I'm excited to share with our listeners the Farm Business Analysis Program, because I think this is something that most of them might not have heard of yet. So could you start off by just telling us what the program is? Um, thanks for having us today. We're very excited to be here. Um, if we think overall about what the Farm Business Analysis Program is trying to achieve, what we our goal is to help Ohio's farm families achieve financial success in a challenging marketplace that we have really in all commodities in agriculture today. Um, so the major part of our program then is helping farms gather their information together and look at the most recent farm business year. And as we do that, we look at beginning and ending balance sheets, end our business year, and then we look at all the dollars that flowed in and out of the business. So a farm will end up with balance sheets, income statements, cash flow statements, a statement of net worth, um, 21 financial measures that are industry standards, those are calculated for them. Yeah, I think this is a really excellent program. Um, and I've seen some of the farms who've gone through it. It can provide a lot of great information. And the benchmarking piece, I think, is really, really key in helping them analyze how to improve their operation or what they're doing well. Yeah, an important part of our program is once we've done the analysis for the farm is then to work with them so they can use that information to help make informed management decisions. Um, So step one is what I just described is a whole farm analysis. And then as farms want to dig further into what does it actually cost me? First question is, am I making money? And then the second question is, where am I making money or not making money? And so pushing further into the numbers to determine what a production for each enterprise is a second step firms can take. And then with that information, they'll be able to benchmark against industry standards and compare to other Ohio farms for useful data that can help them manage the farm business. So you guys have information from this program going back quite a number of years. Could you take a few moments and and tell us what you've learned from this program in the past? Um, It's been interesting, you know, working with individual farms and seeing how knowing this information has helped them make important decisions for their businesses. So um, we currently have farms in the program who have been doing analysis for their farm for 10 or more years and so they not only know how they did this year but they are able to start looking at trends 
Um, sometimes the trends are very positive, and other times it might be, well, network isn't growing the way we'd like it to grow, or it's um, going down. You know, why is that happening? And they can start digging into those numbers. As a, as a state, um, Ohio's had some form of farm business analysis program actually back into the 40s. Um, most recently, our data goes back to really into, into the early 2000s. There's some data available. Um, our current work, we have been publishing summaries since 2011 for both crop and livestock. So any kind of farm is welcome to participate in the analysis program, whether they grow crops, whether they milk cows or finish beef or any combination of those. Um, when we have enough, for instance, dairy farms, we do a separate dairy summary, dairy enterprise summary, and then we have the crop enterprise summary. So we have um, enterprise level data for you know, up to 70 farms depending on the year um, that is available for other farms who maybe haven't had the opportunity to participate, didn't know it was available. Um, they can still take those, that summary data and use it to help benchmark their income and expenses on uh, an enterprise basis. Um, so with the crop enterprise summaries, for instance, uh, we have information on income and expenses and net returns per acre. So for corn on owned ground, corn on rented ground, soybean ground, same thing for wheat, and some of the forage um, enterprises as well. And then it also drills down to cost of production per bushel or per hundredweight or ton, depending on what that crop is and how it's sold. Um, in those summaries, there's also benchmark reports. So your income and expenses and efficiency factors to the other farms that have participated in Ohio. So the nice thing about that is it is what has been achieved by other farms in Ohio's growing conditions each year. And each year is very different. That's why we want to compare to a year similar to the growing conditions and market conditions that we had in that particular year. So this is a lot of information, it sounds like. How long does it take to make it happen? That really depends. Um, I'll start with that question and then I'll ask Clint to weigh in on it also and then talk a little bit about how a farm would participate. Um, the first year is the year that it's going to take the most time and I won't lie, there's a time commitment on, on behalf of the farm. They uh, a farm needs to want to do this and value the information they'll get back. Um, they're going to have to try to provide information, whether it be balance sheet, ending balance sheet, their income statement, capital purchases and sales, what happened with loans throughout the year. And those are the information pieces we use for the whole farm analysis. Um, and it sounds a little intimidating at first, but when you think about it, especially we do this right after the first of the year because we're doing, right now the work we're doing is for the 2018 um, business year. 
farms have just closed their books. They have had to prepare information for their income tax prepare, and much of it is the same. So um, it's not as intimidating a job as you might think because they're already working with this information. It's just uh, a few more details that we'll need. Um, and I'll let Clint uh, talk about how he would work with the farm to start it on. Yeah, the really, the time commitment is all going to depend on what kind of records they've got going in. Um, a lot of farmers are filling out a balance sheet for lenders, perhaps. So they kind of already know a lot of those numbers. It's just getting it uh, standardized to the uh, first of the year for our program. Sometimes they have to look back a little bit farther. And then the cash flow information is already stuff that they're have on their taxes as Diane said so you know it, it's all a matter of while that information is fresh in their mind or while they're working on it if they want to fill our stuff out it shouldn't take too long um, the biggest time constraint becomes the uh, discrepancy check which Diane I don't think has mentioned yet but we have to be to get our data in the summary we have to be within a 1% or $5,000 of cash discrepancy. So to get to that level, um, there's things that might've got missed on or balance sheets that, you know, that they might not think of right away. Um, so there's a lot of back and forth, uh, double checking numbers, rechecking to make sure that those numbers, once we've changed something, how that affects it. Um, if uh, someone's really motivated and they've got all their records together, um, you, we could easily get it done within a week. It's just how quick can we get the data back to the technicians to get it entered and how good are the records to start with. Yeah. So you might be thinking, you know, why, why does somebody want to do this? <laughs> and why do we have so many accuracy checks? Um, the information that a farm gets back can be invaluable in the process they have of monitoring where they are and helping them get to where they want to be. Um, the back and forth that Clint was referring to is what really makes these accurate. And so they need to be accurate for the farm because the farm is likely to make some pretty serious decisions um, with this data. So we certainly want it. It's only as helpful and good as it is true and accurate. And then as we put um, farms together and develop summaries and benchmark reports, they're only as useful as they are accurate and, and, how consistently we have allocated seed costs to seed and machinery repairs to machinery repairs consistently across all farms. And so that, that's why there is some back and forth as we're trying to make sure it's very, very accurate. Um, as we talked about summaries and the information there um, brought to mind the whole issue of confidentiality and um, personally, I 
take great responsibility for the confidentiality with which we work with farms and handle the data that is shared with us. So farms that do an analysis can um, be confident that their information is their information and is held in the strictest confidence. As farms are completed, we review them uh, a second time for accuracy and then put them into a statewide summary. And as we look at that summary data, there's no way you can pick its group data. You know, you can't pick out any individual farm's information. Um, and then it's also, we contribute ours also to a national database. And before that goes to that national database, all identifiers are stripped out of that data. And they also have pretty extreme safeguards on that data. So um, this is, in our opinion, this is very personal data for each and every farm. And we um, foster that um, feeling of confidentiality and, and uh, model it and how we handle the data and protect it here as well. Yeah, I think that's something I would have a concern about personally, too, is this is a lot of sensitive information. So it's it's great to hear that you guys take very seriously protecting that information. Um, it seems like you could get a lot of value out of this program. So what is what is the cost of the program to be to be involved? Um, we're in a period of time where it's it's a bargain. It's a real bargain. Um, it costs us somewhere between $1,000 and $1,300 a farm to do this work. Um, it is a national priority of the USDA to continue to develop these kinds of numbers for use at the farm level and also um, to be able to use to know, to monitor how uh, farms are doing across the country. Um, to that end, USDA NIFA has a farm business analysis and benchmarking grant that we have very much benefited from in Ohio. We are currently in year two of a three-year grant, and that's what has allowed us to hire Clint and our other technicians who are doing a fabulous job across the state. Um, and because of those, those grant dollars, the cost for a farm to do an analysis is $100. Um, it will be that way this year and next year. And we continue to look at ways to, developing a, to develop a funding stream for the farm business analysis program. Um, you know, farms may down the road have to pick up a larger portion of that cost, but because the data then also is used in the summaries and that's of value to other farms in the industry, um, I continue to look for ways to fund this work so that farmers are not taking a percent of it. Um, I'd also add that uh, lenders have really stepped up to the plate and some of the ag lenders and local banks have, you know, incentivized their growers. If uh, they complete the summary and then the bank will take it off of loan fees or they'll pay the hundred dollars back. So I think the banks and lenders really see the value of what we're doing, trying to educate um, their customers and maybe 
you know, teach them a little bit more about how to manage their finances or run the farm more as a business. So that's something that they've stepped up and, and will kind of reimburse them for doing it. So yeah, that's not everywhere, but yeah, local lenders, you just have to check around, but there's really a lot of positive things about the programs. And for that hundred dollars, you know, they'll be working with the technician. They'll get their whole farm analysis, which is, um, very detailed um, formal balance sheets. Um, that whole farm analysis, they'll get personalized benchmark reports. They have access to the annual summaries. If they choose to do enterprise analysis, then they'll also be able to drill down on those costs of production. Um, and also things like machinery costs per acre, labor hours per acre. Um, so certainly a great deal of value for $100. Yeah, it most certainly sounds like a, a great deal. I know I enjoy data and understanding. So for me, just getting that information would be enough. But then to get that information for only $100 is pretty spectacular. And those the potential for added incentives, I think those three things kind of make this program a no-brainer um, if, you're, if you're looking to improve your operation. And I'd also like to mention that before we had this grant, a lot of the county educators were doing these analyses. So if you feel more comfortable contacting your county educator, working with them, um, that you know may be a possibility for sure, at least to start the process. That's right, Amanda. We have quite a few educators trained to do analysis as well, and that's fabulous. Um, I guess one thing that pops to mind is, especially if the farm has not been um, maybe focusing as much on the business perspective, is what do I do with these numbers? Why would I do this? Because I don't understand this stuff. Um, we sit down with everyone who has done an analysis and review that analysis with them. You know, what do these numbers mean? How can I use these to help make decisions? And in the next year, we'll also be doing some uh, sessions specifically for folks who have done analysis, or they might already be in an area, for instance, Wayne County, um, Dark County, Coshocton County, and um, Fulton County have done some farm management programs where you can go and learn more about farm financial management and these are the documents that are the the cornerstone of farm financial management so it actually really puts you in a good spot for uh, participating in some of those programs and if you're not close to one of those counties that's not a problem because we make sure everyone who's done an analysis understands that when when they get it back and we've had farms, uh, quite a few farms are using those numbers, those uh, benchmarks they get back um, as they look at, do I wanna change what I'm doing? What, how would that impact my balance sheet? You know, They've got the good bedrock information to use to, to help answer some of those questions and share with lenders, um, some farms want to share it with lenders when they've completed it. Even if a lender has helped 
um, pay for the registration fee, it's up to the farm whether they want to share their information with the lender or not. Um, even if the lender has helped to pay that fee, that does not give them access to the analysis unless the farm wants to share that. Um, you know, Clint had mentioned that um, we're spread out across Ohio, but still might be a few counties away from some farms. And the technicians are, are willing and able to do a little bit of traveling, but we also have so many resources today between fax, email, texting, and video conferencing, which we've done with a number of farms as we've collected data and talked to them about their analyses as well. So there's a lot of ways that we can work. And we have other farms where we mail things back and forth because they don't have access to any of that. Um, so you don't have to be close to a technician to be able to participate and have good communications with your technician through the process. Okay, so why don't, that was a lot of information um, to absorb. Can you guys just give us a quick recap of the program and then let's talk about some of the results from last year's summary, which you're always really interested. The biggest thing I think is, uh, as far as participate, they basically we do a beginning balance sheet and ending balance sheet and that transfers their data into an accrual accounting system rather than cash-based. That's huge for farms. Um, I don't think they realize how important it is to look at their farm business through an accrual-adjusted um, system. So that's kind of the first step of the whole farm analysis is, is that beginning and ending balance sheet, and then we do the cash flow. It's the whole farm analysis, which looks at the 21 measures um, financial success. And then from there, uh, we can do the enterprise unit where we break down, um, you know, corn on their owned ground versus corn on rented ground and what expenses go into those things. And, you know, different, comparing different crops, uh, livestock if they have it. And so that's kind of a, the, the final step. And they get benchmarking reports back on both of the whole farm analysis looking at strictly their financial information and the enterprise analysis, looking more at the individual crops and the cost and, uh, you know, cost and, and what money comes back in from those crops. Uh, we have benchmarking data on all of that. Then. Yeah, so let's get into some of the numbers from last year. Okay, so because we're looking at the most recent business year, we're just now doing the 2018 summary. So our most current summary is from 2017. And I think one of the important things when we're looking at summary numbers is to remember what the year was like. And so in our summaries, you'll find um, a recap of what the weather was like that year, both in terms of rainfall and temperature and broken down by regions of the state and what the market conditions were. So there's a summary of market prices as well, just to put you in context of what that particular year was like as you look at the data. Um, real quickly, we'll take a look at corn. And in the summary, you'll find data for corn on owned ground and rented ground. Um, so, so the information comes back broken out that way on, on land tenure. 
for all, if we look at uh, both owned and rented ground together, the net return range was um, a loss of $348 an acre to a positive net return of $235 an acre. And 22 of those, the farms that were um, involved, and there was a total of 34 farms there, had positive net returns per acre. Um, nine of those had a return per acre of greater than $100. So it wasn't a very spectacular year, I think, overall. Um, but then I'd like to look at terms of costs, you know, where were the, the highest costs in those corn enterprises. And interestingly, both for rented ground and owned ground, the number one cost was the cost of land. And so it's pretty straightforward. The average rent per acre was $132. And that may seem kind of low to our farms in on the western side of the state. And so it's worth it just a second to explain why it's in that range. You know, we have a number of farms in the northeast part of the state and very different land rental conditions. So in the northeast part of the state, we have more unglaciated soils, so it's more rolling ground, smaller parcels, um, some that are not necessarily have the kind of improvements you'd like to see in terms of drainage. And then there's also a lot higher population density. So there's a lot of landowners who may own smaller parcels and they just want to keep their CDUV and someone to keep that land not going back to brush and trees. So there may be some land rental rates that are well below $100. And in some cases for some small parcels, they're not charging anything just want that land managed. Um, so that balances out some of the higher rents we see on the western part of the state. And those benchmark reports, then you can see the range of rental rates that are across the country. But that also kind of points out one of the reasons we're trying to um, expand the number of crop farms is we have more crop farms just in the central and western parts of the state. We can run benchmark reports that only include farms from different regions. So we're looking at a more even playing field in terms of what land costs are. Um, but even on owned ground, when we look at the land ownership costs that we can pull out of the analysis would be real estate taxes and mortgage interest. And at $82, those were pretty high as well. Um, so land cost was high. Um, fertilizer was the next highest cost. Now on own ground, the land cost wasn't the absolute highest. Um, fertilizer got up there too. Um, but so land cost, fertilizer, seed, chemicals, and repairs were the top five costs that we saw in the corn enterprises. Um, Cost of production then, you know, at the enterprise summary, it looks at total costs, income and cost per acre, but then drills down to that cost of production per bushel. And the median cost of production, um, direct and overhead expenses was 380 a bushel. So half our farms had higher costs than that, half our farms had a lower cost than that. Um, but there's a good range there as well, and that range from $2.39 a bushel to $6 a bushel. Um, 
you're like, wow, $6, why are they growing corn? Well, that's where you'll see um, consistently every year somebody's in an area where there's either extreme conditions of wet or dry and low yields. And so that can push that cost of production up pretty high. If we look at soybeans, um, we had over 6,200 acres of soybeans in 2017, um, 14 farms with owned land and 18 farms with cash rented acres. And the median yield there was 49 bushels with a range of 31 to 65 bushels a year on soybeans. Um, returns to soybeans were much better than they were for corn. Um, the median was $53 an acre, ranging from a loss of $233 an acre to a positive almost $300 an acre at $293. Um, and 36 of the enterprises had positive net returns. So it was certainly a better year for soybeans than it was for corn. And we had um, 17 farms that netted more than $100 an acre, and five of those netted over $200 an acre on soybeans. There again, the number one cost was um, the cost of land. And uh, both on rented and, and owned acres, um, followed by seed chemicals, fertilizer, and then machinery and building depreciation kicked up into number five there, displacing repair costs for our corn acres. Um, cost of production, um, the median direct and overhead cost of production, so half higher, half lower, was $8.33 a bushel with a range of four and a quarter to over $17. And um, again, those those high-ends were typically looking at a farm that had some very adverse growing conditions for a single year. And that really points out the need for the best value from doing analysis is one year is good information, but multiple years help identify, you know, was that $7.00 a bushel a real outlier year or are there some other serious problems that they need to consider other alternative enterprises because you can't sustain profitability or even get there at $17 a bushel beans. And these were all conventional beans. Yeah, that's, I think, very valuable. We hear over and over again that knowing your cost of production is, is critical. Um, and being able to see that trend over time, I do see a lot of value in that because that's going to determine really how how profitable are you going to be over time and how sustainable is your enterprise so i mean this is fantastic information i think we're very lucky to have you guys leading the effort on this in ohio all of our summaries are posted on the website so those can be downloaded anytime they're pdf files i think farms can be very surprised by what they find their first year either their costs are much higher than they thought or they find some enterprises that they're really doing well and others that maybe weren't as profitable for them, but they've never seen it on paper accounting for total costs. And as Clint mentioned, we do the accrual adjustment and on-farm stuff that's, that's missed. So we're gathering all the 
the income and expenses for a crop into the year that it was produced, whether part of the inputs were prepaid or weren't paid by the end of the year, or all the income wasn't received in the calendar year, we pull it all back together. So it gives a very complete picture of what the total costs of production are, both those ones we think of easily all the time, you know, seed, fertilizer, chemicals, labor, but also the overheads. What are the overhead costs that have to be allocated to each crop? Interest expense, depreciation on, on machinery and equipment, those kind of things that sometimes get pushed to the side are all included here. But they can also look at what are just my out-of-pocket costs, but when I put everything together, how does that impact my total cost of production? One thing I would add is the other side of it is marketing. What we saw last year, the average farm marketed their corn for $3.65 a bushel. The top 20% marketed theirs for $3.82. So that's what, 17 cents right there. Soybeans, the spread was 26 cents, 9.55 on the average and 9.81 on the high. So we get hung up on the cost of production sometime, but having a good marketing plan is also another area that some farmers maybe could improve their profitability. As Diane mentioned, direct expenses, I think most farms are really keyed in on what their seed cost is. They're shopping around, talking to different retailers to get that number lower. Our summaries are kind of showing that if you look year from year, but it's it's the overhead expenses where I think they are struggling that maybe they don't really necessarily see it on paper. Or they're not shopping those things around. In this climate that we have right now on the farm, you know, when was the last time somebody shopped around their general farm insurance policy and things like that? Those are all costs that maybe get forgotten about, but we really focus in on what was my chemical cost per acre. So... Yeah, sometimes we forget that a penny makes a really big difference. And whether it's saving money or when a farm is considering an investment in a new piece of equipment, this allows them to break it down. What's the increased cost? How much more do I have to get per bushel to be able to cover the expense, both the capital investment and additional expenses of a new purchase? And that could be very eye-opening. But this process gives them the tools to be able to do that pretty easily. So if our listeners are as sold as I am on this program, could you guys tell us where to start as far as getting in contact with you and what the process of getting involved looks like? The easiest place to go is our website, which is uh, farmprofitability.osu.edu. And there we've got a lot of information about the program if they've got more questions. And we also have the contact information for all of the and we're kind of spread out a little bit as as you mentioned I'm in Defiance County up in the northwest corner but we've got people in Mahoney County with Diane we also have Sharon Harris in uh, Miami County and Trish Levering is in the Pickway County area we also travel a good bit you know if you're in an area then you don't think that we're close to give the main office a call and, and, you know, somebody can come out. It's not a problem. You know, it's always kind of nice to take a little bit of a field trip uh, and not be stuck in the office. So if I have to go wherever, that's fine with me. But that's a good place to find us. We're also on uh, Facebook, and our link there is Ohio Farm Business Analysis and Benchmarking Program. And on Twitter at, at OSU Farm Analysis. 
Well, this has been very interesting and I think is a really powerful tool for our growers. So I thank you guys. Thanks so much for the opportunity to talk about it. Um, we're still in the process of doing our analysis for 2018. And so if any farm's interested, contact myself or one of the technicians or your county educator. If they um, are trained in farm business analysis, they are also a, a resource that's out there. And be glad to get the more farms we can get in here, the more powerful the summary data is and the benchmark data for everyone to use. Yeah, it's been great being on the podcast. Um, I know I listen in uh, when you guys post a new one and always interesting topics. So hopefully uh, your listeners are excited about this. I know farm finances is kind of one of the topics that nobody really loves to talk about, but I think it's a necessary thing that we're doing and hopefully we can educate and teach farmers how to better run their business. So. Absolutely. We're, thank you so much. Um, we will drop the link to their website in the description so you can click on it from there. And just one last plug, you're all finishing up your taxes right now. This is as good of a time as ever to get in touch with Diane or Clint or any of the other local people and start improving your farm business today. Thank you guys. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks for listening to the Agronomy and Farm Management Podcast. Join us again in two weeks for our next episode.